Hey, this is former Blue Devil alignment Matt Skura. You're listening to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. Go Duke, go ACC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week six in the ACC. How you doing? You want to talk about some games? Let's do it. Uh, interesting week. Some weird lines. We're going to mm-hmm. pick some games here, and hopefully it goes a little bit better than last week. There are definitely some lines to be picked this weekend. Uh, we'll say that much. It is, uh, it is an interesting week. we got eight games on the slate. We do have an FCS game that there is not a current spread on, although there is something to be discussed in terms of the spread there. We'll get to that shortly. Yep. Uh, Mike, before we jump in, just a reminder to the folks watching on YouTube. First of all, thank you. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, please hit that subscribe button down below. Uh, please hit the bell icon to be notified when we're going to go live. Uh, a lot of weeks this season, we are going to be doing Saturday night live recaps. Come on and join us as the games are wrapping up on Saturday night. Talk about the action that was. Jump in the comments. Join the conversation. We really, really appreciate those who, who are doing that. It's been a lot of fun so far this year. Uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, please go find us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Uh, hit that subscribe button again. Hit the bell icon. Uh, we would love to have you come join us. We, we've had a lot of fun with the, with the video shows and the live stream so far this year. So thanks to those who have been joining. They have been a hit. They have been. They have been. Uh, Mike, any other housekeeping items for now, or do we just need to jump into these things? Uh, I mean, the picks didn't go particularly great last week. I think both of us were around 500. So we're going to do a little bit better this week. Around 500, but they've actually been pretty good so far this year, all, all things considered. I think it really helps when you're not picking every game's total because <laughs> as it turns out yeah the total feels like a little bit more of a uh, roulette wheel than than the spreads do so not to not to just toot my own horn here but i'm just gonna go ahead and do that i went seven and two against the spread with my own money this weekend and the two losses joey were totals so there you go there that's you go. why you don't bet totals explains a lot uh mm-hmm. yeah i only had one uh one one ticket in i guess but it was a three-game parlay not a parlay it was a, a teaser and uh, two legs got home. Florida didn't get close. So uh, shout out to the Gators for that. Appreciate that. They are piss poor. Yeah, they are. They're bad. It's not good. Yeah. Producer Scott has our picks from last week on the screen. Mike, you were five, four, and one. I was four, four, and one. So that's fine. Pushing money around. Uh, for me, you had a slight we winning do. week. That's what we do. We push money around. I think the bigger concern here is that uh, our first week of our actual wagers – uh, we lost two out of the three units that we uh, we wagered. So that's uh, down one unit, I think, is the uh, the easy math there. That's why we just say we're not gambling experts, but we try. Yeah, that's as I tell people uh, that you know, there's a reason they call it gambling and not free money here. So that's true. That's my my insights of the day. Yeah, they they don't build those high rises in Vegas. <laughs> Because people are just winning money all the time. So. That's that's for damn sure. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Mike, you ready to jump into some games? Let's do it. All right. In chronological order, we're just going to kind of work our way through the schedule. Starting at noon, we, we only have Saturday games this week. This is one of the, strangely, we've got like a lot of weeknight games this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, we don't have any. It's all just eight games on, all on Saturday. We will start at noon 
on noted ACC channel, the CW. Uh, sorry, okay. Scott, I'm calling it, calling it audible here. Uh, the Marshall Thundering Herd on the road in Raleigh taking on the NC State Wolfpack. The pack is a six and a half point favorite. Total is 45 and a half. Uh, Mike, something that you mentioned and you and Scott mentioned on the uh, live stream y'all did Saturday night when I was at the wedding that I did not I did not pick up on until after the fact. And then I texted you all Monday thinking on Sunday, we didn't mention the whole MJ Morris name. Uh, when we were talking about Brennan Armstrong, it's like, well, what what's MJ Morris doing? What you know, is there any chance that NC State's going to play him, try to get around some of the, the rough quarterback play they've had so far? Well, Mike. On Monday, Dave Doran names MJ Morris his starter for this weekend. So we Bang. have a quarterback change in Raleigh. Bang. Mm-hmm. We do. I think it was probably only a matter of time, just considering how poorly the offense played. Um, yeah, I am not too particularly surprised. Now, what I will say is that NC State's offensive line is still really bad, and it's going to have to play a lot better. But I think what NC State is hoping for here is something similar to what Virginia Tech was getting when they went from Grant Wells to Kyron Drones. This is not a complete one-to-one uh, comparison because Brandon Armstrong can run the football a little bit better than Grant Wells can at Virginia Tech. But what I think NC State is hoping for is that MJ Morris's uh, propensity to run the ball a little bit differently than Brandon Armstrong. Brandon Armstrong kind of more of a power runner between the tackles. MJ Morris, from what we saw in limited action last year, can get outside the tackles um, in the running game as a quarterback. I think what they're hoping for is to change things, change things up a little bit and get the running game going a little bit more. Because the running game's been up and down for NC State this year. And I, I think even though they're still going to run the quarterback, it's going to look different with MJ Morris in there rather than Brian Armstrong. So I think that's what they're hoping for, try to jumpstart this offense a little bit. Yeah. And that was something I was going to ask you and, and kind of your thoughts was, at the end of the day, when we compare Brennan Armstrong versus MJ Morris, like, is is this an improvement in some notable way? Or is this like change for the sake of change and just hoping that there's a spark there or, you know, hearing a different voice in the huddle changes something? It, I, I, To me, the problems with NC State's offense have not just been Brennan Armstrong. Can he Could he have been better? Yes. But has he been the explicit problem there? No. Like, they, you know, their, their issues, again, seem pretty widespread. And that's my, my question here is, like, is there anything that really materially improves here other than just you got someone different back there and it's, it's, it's just different? Yeah. I mean, Armstrong hasn't been great passing the ball this year, right? He's thrown six interceptions. So mm -hmm. I don't know if Morris is going to be an upgrade or a downgrade in terms of not turning the football over. But I think the running game, that my, my immediate takeaway was, they're still going to run the quarterback, but I think the running game is just going to look a little bit different. Armstrong yeah. more between the tackles runner. Right. Uh, MJ Morris getting outside the pocket a little bit. I think they're just hoping that Morris just doesn't turn the ball over as much, which Armstrong's got a lot more experience than MJ Morris. From what we saw of MJ Morris last year in limited action, played pretty well. Seemed like he was a quarterback of the future for NC State. Then they went to the portal in the offseason. Brian Robert and I, of course, the offense coordinator. He handpicked his quarterback, and Morris kind of took the back seat. Pretty surprised MJ Morris is still on the roster, to be quite honest with you. I thought he would hit the portal. He stuck around. He's going to pay off. He's going to be a starter moving forward, according to Dave Doran. So this isn't going to be a one-game thing. This seems like this is going to be the move for at least the foreseeable future, but probably for the rest of the season, barring any sort yep. of injury. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm looking at this line, and 
from what I've seen from NC State so far, I don't want to lay almost a touchdown with them. Um, again, we look at where this line is. Vegas is giving you seven, the, the seven number, if, if they win this by an actual touchdown, which is to say that you should probably take Marshall because they think it's going to be closer than this. The, the, the big unknown here, again, is the quarterback change. And mm-hmm. is there a spark there? Is something a little bit different that all of a sudden NC State's offense gets to roll a little bit and they can win by seven to ten points here? Um, I'm just, I'm going to say, no, I'm just going to stick with Marshall, uh, take Marshall on the points, non-zero chance. They could win this game for sure. Um, I, I'm not going to pick that. I'm pretty uncomfortable picking this, this game entirely. Uh, but I, I guess give me Marshall on the six and a half. Uh, I think this is a close game. I'll say that NC state wins maybe something like 21, 17. And with a total of 45 and a half, I like the under here. NC State's defense is playing really well and, and has played in a lot of low-scoring games so far. Um, so, yeah, give me give me Marshall plus the 6.5 and, and give me the under 45.5 here. NC State minus 6.5. Lock it up. Ooh. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Laying them. Marshall's having a hard time throwing the football. Mm-hmm. And NC State's got a really good rushing defense. We saw it last weekend um, against Louisville, right? Jawar uh, Jordan, really hard time getting it rolling on the ground for Louisville. Uh, Louisville was in a lot of trouble because they just really couldn't run the football at all. And the passing game was a bit up and down. NC State, I think offensively, the question is, okay, can you score enough here to get separation? That's the question. Marshall's got a decent defense. I don't think they have a great defense. I'm not sure what Marshall is yet, right? Marshall's 4-0. It looks good from a record standpoint. You kind of look at who they played, kind of scratch your head a little bit, right? They've had some weird, you know, some weird results against the teams they've played so far. It hasn't exactly been like a schedule where they've been truly tested, right? Uh, This is a game where I think they are probably going to have some issues. NC State's defense against the run uh, has been a lot more consistent than a team like Virginia Tech, who Marshall just played two weeks ago. Uh, Marshall had trouble running the football for a majority of that game, broke two big runs. I think what you're banking on here is that they're not going to break those two big runs against NC State. NC State's going to have a little bit more offense, right, with quarterback change, maybe a little bit of a spark. So, yeah, give me the Wolfpack here. I think MJ Morris plays well. I think the new look on offense uh, provides NC State with a little bit of a spark. But most importantly, I think defensively here, Marshall's going to really rely on the run game with Rashina Lee. And the problem here is that NC State's rushing defense is so good that I'm not sure Lee's going to get going. Uh, and this is a pretty good NC State front. There's no doubt about that. Defensively, not a ton of questions for NC State. It's been on the offensive side of the ball. I do think if the Wolfpack can score a little bit in this game, Marshall's going to have trouble getting going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am on the under here as well. I'm with you. I don't think NC State's going to score a ton. And more importantly, I don't think Marshall's going to score a ton. So I could see this being like 24 to 10, 24 to 13. Those are under results, you know? Uh, And I I think the Wolfpack can get some separation here, score a few times, maybe not look spectacular on offense, but maybe a little bit of a, a jump from what we've seen. So... Give me NC State minus six and a half. I'm pretty comfortable laying them because I don't think Marshall's going to score much here. That's fair. The the I, I'm with you thinking that Marshall's not going to score a ton in this game. Mm-hmm. The question to me is how much does NC State score? 
and, and that's kind of what you're you're betting on here if you're if yeah. you're laying them with the Wolfpack, I think. Yep. All right. Uh, Marshall and the under for me, you have NC State locked up along with the under, not locked up. Uh, by the way, before we get off of this game, uh, I said noon. It's at 2 o'clock on the CW. Sorry, I, I misread the document that I was looking at, and uh, that, is, that is on me. Uh, as we've well established at this point, I am a professional podcaster, so uh, you can expect a certain level of quality here, and uh, this will come up in my performance review. Uh, chronological order, and we'll start at 2 o'clock after some games have already been played at noon. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, let's go yep. back to noon <laughs> on the CBS Sports Network. And now we go in chronological order. Right. Yeah. Starting now. Starting now. Uh, back to noon on the CBS Sports Network, noted ACC football channel. The Boston College Eagles on the road in West Point taking on the Army Black Knights. Uh, Boston College, a three-point road underdog here. Hmm. Total is 50 and a half. Interesting to me, Boston College coming off a win. Going into West Point, taking on an Army team that has been uh, a little bit up and down, but definitely serviceable this year. I mean, uh, they got the win on the road at UTSA. I think it's the, right now the signature win, uh, unless you want to count 57 to nothing against Delaware State. <laughs> Frankly, I don't. Um, I mean, Delaware State. Go Hornets, been, baby. Delaware right. State, they've been known to be a wagon, right? Or, right? Known producer Scott grew up about 30 minutes from Delaware State's campus. Go Hornets. <laughs> Hell yeah. There you go. Uh, they also got the loss at UL Monroe, and they uh, had a a good first half before getting kind of rolled in the second half by Syracuse. So, again, kind of up and down for Army so far. I'm a little surprised that they're favored here, but this this is also, you know, the, the home team being favored by three is a little bit of Vegas throwing up their hands and saying, who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this, first of all? Not great. I mean, I, I understand we have to pick it, but... Mm -hmm. Not feeling spectacular about this one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I think the the thing here, like Army's coming off a bye. I don't know if that's good or bad. BC coming off of a three-point win where they looked like ass for the majority of the game. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Mm -hmm. And now BC's got to go on the road against Army and <laughs> circle the wagons for Halfley, right? I mean, you got, you got to win this game here. Got to yeah. win it. I don't know what to do here at all. I think Army, you know, <laughs> Army's throwing the ball okay this year. Again, Army is no longer running the triple. Uh, they are throwing the ball now because Jeff Munkin wants to. I don't know if that's going to be something that, you know, for four quarters is going to stand the test of time against an ACC defense. But then again, UVA threw the ball all over Boston College in the first half last weekend. So what the hell do I know? UVA's yeah. passing offense hasn't looked particularly good this year. I don't know what to do here. 
I feel like Lions stinks though. Like Army minus three. We sure? <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I'm a little sure. to just lay him. It's like if you're gonna f- tell me that Army's favored. Yeah. Fine. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. I'm a little tempted to lay him too, but I'm just not gonna fall into the trap. Give me, give me BC outright at West Point, and. I'm just going to rely on the fact that Boston College is feeling, fielding an ACC caliber defense that should be able to stop a first-year passing attack with Army. That mm-hmm. is a thing we have to discuss now. Yeah. Give me BC. I mean, if you're Jeff Halfley and you're a noted defensive coordinator in your past, you should be able to stop a service academy from throwing all over you. So give me Boston College. Should is doing a lot of work in that sentence, by the way. Um, yeah, I. So what did I say before about Boston College's offense? And we saw we saw it that sucks. they were able to move. Well, other than that part, uh, they we saw that they were able to move the ball on Florida State. How? Florida State just ignored Tom, Thomas Castellanos. They they never tried to spy him. They never did a good job of spying him. They didn't keep him contained in the pocket. He, he got out and he ran around, he extended plays, and, and that seems like that's basically what we're doing right now on Boston College's offense, um, is trying to run the ball, although it seems like it's more successful when improvised than when designed. And so then my question becomes, the team that they play, can they keep Thomas Castellanos in the pocket, and is that more of a physical talent issue, or is that more of a discipline issue? I think it's more of a discipline issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how many teams you're going to find that are more disciplined than service academy teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that is like the hallmark, and that's the way that they can win games when they're undersized and, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, under-talented on the football field. So at that point, I'm not sure how much I trust Boston College. And SP Plus, SP Plus says Army's four points better in this situation. I think I'm laying them with Army. I, I think not? Army can win this game. Um, and it doesn't feel great to start the podcast picking two out-of-conference teams to uh, to win or at least keep it close against ACC teams. But I mean, we're talking about NC State and, and Boston College who have not been very trustworthy so far this year with what they've shown no. us on the field. So No, two, two not-so-great teams. Yeah, so I will lay them with Army. I'll be pleasantly surprised if, if uh, Boston College can win this game and, uh, and, and get one. They, they need it badly if they're going to have any shot at bowl eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, they're I agree already with that. two and three. I mean, if, if, if this isn't three and three, you're, I think you're toast for a bowl game, but right. Which means Halfley's probably toast. So that's on the table on the table. Yeah. So yeah, I'll lay him with army totals 50 and a half uh, pass no pass thing. pass for me as well. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, army minus three for me. Uh, Mike thinks Boston college wins on the field. So we will see how all that goes and let's just- flip the coin, baby. Let's flip it. Can't wait for Army to win by one, and we both get screwed here. <laughs> that would be something. That'd be appropriate. That'd be appropriate. Uh, all right. Also at noon on the ACC network. Uh, so first of all, this is not this is not a fair matchup, Mike, because Virginia has to play both William and Mary. It it sounds like, and that you know, there's a numbers problem there. There is, yeah. That's that's two teams. Yeah, right? the the William and Mary Tribe are on the road in Charlottesville, taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, we don't have a spread for this because this is an FCS matchup. I will say that these teams have combined for four wins so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that, that's, you know, not a great sign here as we get into October. Uh, I will also point out that Virginia currently has uh, the better part of an 86% chance to win this game per FPI. So that's uh, also, it, it bodes well. That. Bodes well for the for the Who's. Just saw that. Um, William and Mary, for those unaware, is currently a top 10 team in the FCS. <laughs> Uh, coached by, coached by who? Uh, if I'm not, is that Mike London? That is correct. That is that is correct. They These fans know a thing or two about him. They do, they do. Yeah, he's probably stealing. You know, to be honest with you, Mike London is probably being a pain in the ass on the recruiting trail, stealing some recruits away from UVA. That's on the table, on the table. Mike Virginia's getting on the board here, right? <laughs> Hope so. Right. <laughs> I think I wish we had a spread for this. I really do. I wish we did too. I wish it was like four scores. I would be all over William and Mary. My God. Mm-hmm. Uh I'd say if yeah, if you can if you see this on game day at anything in the twenties, I'm probably on the tribe. Yeah, the tribe. Yeah. I saw an unofficial line of thirty and a half earlier today. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Yeah. Yeah. Alternate line. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alt line, give me another field goal. And we'll just call it a day. Money line sprinkle. Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, a thirty-point spread. What are you getting? Like ten to one on that? Something like that? I know. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I've. Let's put it this way: I've made worse use of the money I would wager on that game. <laughs> let's put it that way. That's probably fair. Yeah. Give me. Give me UVA. UVA is going to get on the board here. I think this is the Just only game, p- potentially the only game they win all year. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't pick against UVA here. Yeah, you can. No, no. Define can't. We need to keep the Virginia fans listening to this show. <laughs> they won't. If, if the Virginia Tech fan is one host and the other host is picking William and Mary to beat them. Uh, Only Chris Grondon. And he doesn't care. So I, as long as we keep him around, I to hell with every. Now nah, I want to say to hell with everybody else. We have a lot of UVA listeners that are fair. Banana Slug, shout Banana out. Banana Slug, Chris Grondon. We have, we have a number of good Banana Slugs. Justin Ferber. Fans. Hell, Justin, Justin Ferber, Ferber is not only, not only a guest, but a listener. So shout out Justin Ferber. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just, I, just be really careful here. Virginia. I would. Like, I would. Yeah, I'd be careful. Mm-hmm. Tony and high. the Tonys are playing for Tony's job. So go, mm-hmm. Tony. <laughs> the law firm of Tony, Tony, and Tony. Yeah. Yeah. See, producer Scott's got the analytics that ESPN's FPI cannot touch. <laughs> How many Tonys can win you the game? <laughs> Tony index. Yeah. Yeah. We got multiple Tonys against William and Mary. So. This is really ripe for a uh, an NIL deal with Frosted Flakes. How f- <laughs> Jesus. They're How f- great. <laughs> How funny would this be if William and Mary won, though? Man, it would be One of the Tonys would be fired. Tragic. Oh, yeah. One of the Tonys would be fired. That's mm-hmm. correct. That, that's correct. Probably Musket. Musket back to the portal. Yeah. Yeah, probably Musket. <laughs> Musket back to Monmouth. Musket, yeah. UVA, UVA, if they're not careful here, William and Mary will send Tony Musket back to Monmouth. They might. Wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Virginia. 
yeah, I think they they get it done here. They win. I, I guarantee I, no promises on the cover. I guarantee you this is the most we'll talk about in FBS FCS matchup all year. Other than Boston College Holy Cross that we talked about that oh, well, great point. went down to it. Great point. It went it went basically how we thought. So mm-hmm. yep. All right. Virginia wins. That's that's the best we got for now. And uh, I do have a question for you real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh the next game, do we wanna do the Marshall NC State preview again? Or we good? Well, I, as much as I love talking about ACC football on the CW, we, we could do that. Yes. <laughs> want to do it? Yeah, do it for a second time and make sure we get the chronolog- chronological order check the box. That's right. That's right. Yeah. At two o'clock on noted ACC football <laughs> channel, the CW. Here we are again. Yeah. No. Uh, all right. Virginia for the both of us. Uh, Mike, you going to move to 330? Uh, not particularly. No? No, <laughs> because at three thirty on ABC, your Virginia Tech Hokies on the road in Tallahassee taking on the startup number five Florida State Seminoles. Knowles a twenty four point favorite at home. Mike, you were in the text message group earlier begging for the hook on this. Uh, what? What? Why is twenty four and a half any better than twenty four in this particular instance? <laughs> I would feel better about an additional half point. You know. <laughs> I feel like there's only two outcomes here. And one is either, like Florida State's going to win this game. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. There's like a 0% chance Virginia Tech is winning. Literally zero, like about zero. But I think that either Florida State wins this game by about 35 points or they win it by like 10. Like mm-hmm. something goofy sort of happens. And, and again, Kyron Drones goes off and Florida State's kind of sleepwalking a little bit and, and something like Maybe it ends up being kind of a wonky close game or Florida State's going to boat race them. I hope it's a wonky close game, not only because I'm a Virginia Tech alum, but also because uh, my whole take about, oh, are we absolutely sure Florida State's as good as we all think they are, would age just for another week. Yeah. You know, where it's like, hey, they keep winning, but we're absolutely sure, right? You know, this would be like the third week in a row where, you know, Something like that would happen. I so Brent Pry and Virginia Tech. The one thing they haven't done yet. By the way, Virginia Tech's on a one-game winning streak, uh, tied for the longest win streak under Brent Pry. So just want to get that out there. One the so, streak, baby. They've won one in a row. So yeah, that's going to end on Saturday. Like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you you may know what a losing streak is going to be like. We'll preview that game later. Nice. I. I think that uh, what I will say is like Virginia Tech under Brent Pry is not exactly checked the consistency box yet. Week to week, mm-hmm. even quarter to quarter, right? Last week was kind of the first time in 16 games they've really strung it together for four quarters on both sides of the ball. Uh, I am asking Tyler Bowen, the offensive coordinator, to carry this forward for another week, which is a lot to ask. Uh, basically do what you were doing against Pittsburgh. Run drones, get creative in the outside run game with your running backs. Uh, let drones throw the football a little bit down the field. Scheme guys open, take some chances, fourth and short. You better not punt. Um, you know, we had this conversation about Georgia Tech earlier in the year. Was this against Ole Miss? 
like playing the game to try not to get blown out. Yeah. Try to shorten the game, play slowly, that kind of thing. Was that Ole Miss? Was that the Ole Miss preview? Sounds right. Yeah. Okay. I think Virginia Tech is in. Well, I, I don't know now after last week, but at the time I thought Virginia Tech was in a different situation from Georgia Tech and that Georgia Tech was a little bit further along with Brent Key. He was and I still probably I still probably think that, by the way, but like Georgia yeah. Tech with the way it looked like end of last year with Key and then beginning of this year, we had that conversation about jackets with Virginia Tech. It's like you're in a spot where I would just rather you bomb the torpedoes and don't do this play not to lose BS. Just like if you're going to go down, just go down swinging. Mm-hmm. You're you're a three and a half score underdog here on the road. You're playing Nobody's with house money. Playing with house money. You literally have nothing to lose here. I mean, don't get, you know, if it's too big of a blowout and you want to put in the backups or whatever, get guys experience. That's fine too. Um, don't get guys hurt over this game in a blowout. But I don't see any reason to really like, sit on the ball number one because i'm not sure virginia tech is going to be capable of doing that but number two defensively i think virginia tech might be able to hang a little bit in the secondary they're getting some guys back at safety this is the first test though for virginia tech secondary that really has not been tested yet this year i think tech's got a good secondary they haven't played anybody near the caliber of keon coleman and johnny wilson but I think if Virginia Tech is able to slow down the run a little bit and then just not get absolutely roasted in the back end of the defense, I think you can make this semi-competitive, kind of low scoring a little bit, and then maybe you're not getting absolutely worked, but you still lose this game by like 14 to 17 points. I'm going to take the Hokies to cover. 24 is a lot, and Florida State, as, as a big favorite this year, they haven't really been able to do it. Like... BC game, right? Couldn't do it. They were a short favorite against Clemson. Couldn't do it. Short dog. I don't even remember. It's not what the final know. score says, but you know, right. the regulation score. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just going to say Virginia Tech either backdoor covers here. I'm, I'm just going to hope that they don't get blown out. So I'm going to roll with the Hokies on hope. Yeah, Florida State coming off of a bye week. We haven't seen them since they played Clemson a couple weeks ago. Um, they, as you mentioned, I mean, I think there's a valid question of how good are the Hokies based on how good, or sorry, how good are the Knolls based on how good do we think Clemson was? The there was the close game against Boston College, you know, all that. I think if I look at it from the standpoint of if if the real question here is how good is Clemson? And I, I think there is probably something to be said for them kind of coming around that they had a bad performance week one against a very like legitimately good Duke team. And we kind of wrote them off from there, but I, it, it does seem like things are starting to come around for the Tigers. And at that point, I look at what Florida state has done. They blew out LSU. They blew out Southern Miss they they got it done on the road against Clemson, which nobody has been able to do in years, really. So then we just got that Boston College game, which, again, was a sleepy noon game, possibly a flu game. It was the red bandana game. Uh, there was turnover luck. There was all sorts of just wonkiness, basically, uh, that made that look a lot closer, I think, than it maybe needed to be. Is Florida State, like, playoff good? 
I think they might be. Yeah, I still think mm-hmm. that they are. Um, now there is the caveat that I think playoff good this year for just anybody is a lower bar than it has been in the last few years. Yeah. It does seem like the top five, seven, ten teams of the sport have come back down to earth a little bit. There, there's not quite the ultra high level of execution there. Mm-hmm. So do I think Florida State is is still really good? Yes. Um, coming off a of bye should be a little bit healthier. Um, no questions there. Mike, I, I, I told you last week I've been in fade Virginia Tech mode this season. And then last week you were stunned when I rolled with the Hokies and they rewarded me. Yeah. Mike, this week? Fade them. It's back to fade in Virginia Tech. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Florida, Florida State minus anything. I, I, I don't think that I, – I think that was a spot for Virginia Tech. I don't think you yeah. go on the road. And I, I think this is a, a really good spot for Florida State to really send a message to the rest of the conference. Um, I, I think they're going to do it. I, brings me no pleasure, but I, I think Florida State's got this one. Um, totals 53 pass. I don't – that's kind of in the middle. If I mean, gun to my head, I would say over. Um, maybe this is like – 45 to 10, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think Florida State wins big here. Me too. Uh, but not enough to cover. I will <laughs> say I'm not touching the total at all. So. Yeah. 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 Scott, no, I'm not I'm not picking the total. I'm just again, if, if you're in like a pick'em league that only picks totals, I guess I would take the, the over here. But also, I also yeah, I would, would want to know uh I, I want to speak to the manager of this pick'em league that's on yeah. totals and not, not spreads. Yeah. So. You sick bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, explain yourself. Uh, all right. Knowles for me. Virginia Tech and the points for Mike. Uh, no no plays on the total here. Um, I'm, we're halfway through the slate. I don't have anything to lock up yet. I'm, you know, we'll, we'll get there, Mike, I swear. I believe you. Thank we you. All, we, you went through the entire slate last week and didn't lock anything up, and then we had to remind you at the end of the show. So maybe you'll have something a little bit. Been that kind of it's been that kind of season so far. I feel yeah. like. Uh, also at three thirty on ESPN, the Syracuse Orange on the road in Chapel Hill taking on the number fourteen North Carolina Tar Heels. The Heels, Tar Heels, uh, a an eight point favorite in this situation. Total is sixty. Um, a little. I, I guess this feels like a little bit of an odd line. Mm-hmm. I don't love laying more than a touchdown against Syracuse, but. I'm also a little bit nervous with the way that uh, last week's game went. Uh, yeah. Kind of what is this going to do moving forward? Is is some of the magic coming off of Syracuse a little bit? Is is Clemson just that outstanding? And there's no way that North Carolina's defense is going to be able to replicate that. Help me out here, Mike. What are, where, where are you at? Do you think North Carolina's front seven is as good as Clemson's? <laughs> uh I'll, I'll answer that twice, and the first one doesn't count. Uh, no, not even close. No. Okay. Do you think North Carolina's front seven is better than last year? Probably a little bit, yeah. Yeah. It seems okay. like they're more productive so far. I, I agree with you. That's the question. That's the question. Okay, so Syracuse has really one way to move the ball, and his name is Garrett Schrader. Mm-hmm. And Syracuse played Purdue uh, in mid-September, and it was established pretty early on that it was going to be a Garrett Schrader game. 
remember we came on the recap we talked about it like oh it's a Garrett Schrader game. He's just going to run for a million yards and he's just going to throw for a million yards. And this is going to be like a four or five touchdown affair for him. We had a pretty good idea going into that Clemson game last week that if Clemson was going to win and cover, it was probably going to be because Syracuse could not have the Garrett Schrader game. Mm-hmm. North Carolina's rushing defense this year, um, their front seven in general has been pretty decent. Uh, they're giving up 125 yards per game on the ground and they've played some decent fronts. I wonder if Syracuse can establish the run a little bit better than they did a week ago, because I'm in agreement with you. I do think Clemson's front is better than North Carolina's. I do think ceiling's obviously higher there. I also think North Carolina has improved defensively from a year ago. This is a very this is going to be a very good measuring stick game for North Carolina because I think Syracuse is pretty well coached under Gino, right? Mm-hmm. We were wondering going into last year is Gino going to get fired? All this stuff comes out this year, just wins the first four, uh, wins the first four games, and then you know you lose to a better team last week. Nobody's going to you know, no harm in that. I just wonder if Syracuse can establish enough of a run here because I think defensively they're probably going to be game. Carolina's offenses look pretty good. Carolina's running the ball quite well this year. Syracuse's rushing defense is damn good. Like, Syracuse is stopping the run. Granted, I don't think they've necessarily seen, until a week ago, I don't think they've seen the talent up front. And, you know, the team, you know, teams they face, I don't think they've had the ability to gash them in the running game like Carolina could potentially do. Carolina's been really committed to running the football this year. Uh, I think Syracuse is going to have to stop that on Saturday. And make Drake make Drake May beat him through the air, which mm-hmm. seems ridiculous. But Drake May under pressure, he'll throw you the ball. <laughs> like he's been doing that from time to time this year. Makes me intri- it's it's intriguing. Makes me want to potentially pick Syracuse. I just don't know if Syracuse can win this game outright. You know? I think Syracuse can cover. I'm going to take Syracuse plus the eight here. I think they keep this game competitive, but over four quarters, I just think Carolina has too many ways offensively to beat Syracuse. And when you look at the other side of the ball, I'm not sure Syracuse has the juice offensively to keep up, especially if it gets into a high scoring game. Total 60 here. Yeah. If it's, if it's going to be, if the total is going to be 60 and we're insinuating shootout, I am not sure I want to take Syracuse in that spot to win the game outright, but I could see them covering. I could definitely see them covering. So give me the orange here. I think they run the ball a bit better than a week ago and keep this competitive in a road spot. But Carolina's just got too too many weapons offensively. I think they just find a way, and they got the better quarterback. So I'm just going to roll with Drake May and Carolina to figure it out, but Syracuse to cover the eight. As far as the total, I'm going to go under. I think this is an under game. I think the only way Syracuse is going to cover the eight if it's a, is if it's an under game. If it gets into high scoring territory, drag this could, thing down into the muck. Yeah, I mean, if if it gets high scoring, could Syracuse cover? Yeah, I mean they could, but I don't know if Carolina's defense is going to let Garrett Schrader get going like that. So, yep, I don't know. Give me give me the under in Syracuse plus the eight. Yep. 
I, I am really struggling, like looking at the games that these teams have played so far and trying to draw any sort of like reasonable comparison here. I mean, other than Clemson last week, this is by far the best team that Syracuse has played so far. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina has played both Minnesota and Pittsburgh offenses that I would say are probably probably a little bit more physical than Syracuse, but like less effective. Um, and and they've kind of held them down from an offensive standpoint. North Carolina coming off a bye at home. I, I wonder if there's a body blow thing for Syracuse or even a little bit of a shell shock or a letdown effect of, you know, the Clemson game was a little bit of a Super Bowl, and you hear the, the quotes from Dino telling the team, you know, make make the plays, you know, make the uh, – there was something he was saying about, you know, don't miss the moments, don't miss the plays. You know, the, we need to make the plays to win the game, you know, a game like this, and they just absolutely did not. I'm – I'm just going to land with North Carolina. Um, I It feels like a lot of points to to lay against a team like Syracuse. And, and I think Syracuse absolutely could win this game. There is a path. Mm-hmm. And it's, like you mentioned, I mean, Drake May will throw a couple interceptions here or there. And that is, path. that is on the table. But I just wonder, yeah, body blow going on the road, uh, like the way that they are. SP Plus likes Syracuse. Uh, just from a, a spread standpoint, thinks this should be more like seven and a half, I guess, which, you know, not a lot of difference there. But in any case, I, yeah, I'll just land with North Carolina and trust Drake May and, and that team. I, I, it does seem like something has uh, improved a little bit defensively for North Carolina. They're not getting pushed around in the way I think that they were last year. And, and I think you really would have seen it in that Minnesota game, and they, they did not. They, they held up well. Same thing. I mean, South Carolina's offensive line was a total mess in that game, but North Carolina did what they did. Yeah, I guess laying with the Tar Heels. I'm just okay. talking myself in circles here. I I could see this going in any number of directions, though. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Total, yeah. I don't know. Pass. I I, I could see this ending up as a, you know, a 42-point game. I could see it ending up as like an 80-point game. I You know, I have no idea. Like, it's... I felt obligated to take the under if I'm mm-hmm. going to put a pick on Syracuse plus the eight. Right. I, but, I think that's the right play. But other than that, pass as well. But yeah. For for, for the picks, Scott, for the picks. Right. Under. Under. Could you I mean, could you see North Carolina winning this game like thirty one to fourteen? Something yeah. like that. Right? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Of course. It it takes quite a bit to get to sixty. And uh, you know, I I just don't I don't know. I don't know how trustworthy Carolina's defense or Syracuse's offense are at the moment. So we'll find out. A Syracuse shootout win would say more about North Carolina than Syracuse. Yeah, I think so. Because we we know that the path for Syracuse in a shootout is like a Garrett Schrader game. And my take coming out of that, I think, would be that Carolina's defense is not as far ahead as I thought they were. Mm -hmm. Because this offense has like one way to beat you and you knew it and you couldn't stop it. So that would be my takeaway. I think Carolina's got a pretty good team, by the way. Mm-hmm. Seems that way so far. So get this win. Tough spot. Syracuse is well coached. Try to get one here. Yep. Yep. All right. North Carolina minus the eight for me. Syracuse plus the eight and under 60 for Mike. Uh, last game at 330 on the ACC network. Noted ACC football channel, by the way. Uh, the Wake Forest Steeman Deeks on the road in Death Valley taking on the Clemson Tigers. The Tigers a 21-point favorite at home. 
total is 51 and a half. Um, Mike, I, I'll just go first here. I Again, there could be a little bit of a I, – probably not even a letdown factor here. I'm all over Clemson in this game. I, From what I saw from Wake a couple weeks ago against Georgia Tech, that offense is missing something. It is not what it has been. Wake Forest, I don't – I. If this game were in Winston-Salem, I would think maybe there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of voodoo at play or something. You know, we saw that game last year that got real sideways and Clemson very nearly lost it. They're not losing this game, Mike. Lay, lay the 21 with Clemson, no doubt. Uh, I, I feel really good about that. And, in fact, you know what? I got to lock something up. Let's lock this up. Clemson, minus 21. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I think I'll join you. Wake Forest here. I'll join you. Lock it up. Oh boy. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Yeah, it's one of my favorite lines of the weekend. I don't see how Wake Forest stays competitive here. Mm-hmm. I I'm worried about their offensive line. I'm worried about Mitch Griffiths and his turnover issues. I'm I'm worried for Wake Forest about the way Clemson seems to be clicking both offensively and defensively over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Clemson put together, I think, two of their most I know that overtime was dicey and the end of regulation was dicey against Florida State, but I think the last two weeks were two of the most complete performances uh, for Clemson this year against real competition. Yes, Clemson looked great against Florida Atlantic. Congratulations. You're Clemson. You should do that. Mm -hmm. But the last two weeks against like real competition, Clemson has put together two of their most complete performances all year. And I think they make it three here on Saturday. I just worry about Wake Forest. I don't know what the path is to score in this game for Wake. I think that's reflected in the total. Uh, I am going to, I'm on the under here, by the way. I think this is a Clemson like 34 14, something like that. And that's under. It's not a cover. 34 to 34 to 10. You're right. (laughs) There you go. You're right. (laughs) <laughs> I was so focused on the total, I forgot about the spread. Thank you. 34 to 10. I just think Clemson's going to be able to bully Wake Forest on both sides of the ball. Um, yep. Georgia Tech's defensive line was like collapsing Wake's offensive line to just blow up their run game. Um, and if it, it's not like unheard of that a team might kind of bail on running the ball against Clemson and just you know, simulate a run game, throw the ball, whatever. You want Wake Forest trying to win a game right now on the arm of Mitch Griffiths. I don't think that's going to end very well. Praise, you know, just frankly. So um, yeah, Clemson minus 21. I, I'm going to go over the 51 and a half. I, I think yeah. Clemson's Clemson's offense has been gelling more and more week over week. I think um, I, I think that is a, a thing that is going to continue to roll as they continue trying to, you know, con- to continually get in rhythm here. Um, and, and I do think there's some chance that in garbage time, Wake is going to try to go down and, and, and score, and that's where the coaching comes in of Clemson's kind of sitting back a little bit, and I think Wake will be able to, to rack up maybe 10 points late in the game. So give me Clemson. I think they can win this game something – they might get most of the way to 51 themselves. I'll say – Maybe. I, I think it's entirely possible they win this game like 45-21, 45-17, something like that. Like 42-17, that's still – yeah, that's, yeah, that's a cover, yeah. That is a cover. Yeah, uh, so. 
I'm going to be keeping an eye on Clemson wide receiver Tyler Brown, who's been slowly emerging as a go-to playmaker in the offense, the likes we haven't seen in quite some time for Clemson. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about the lack of like skill position talent at wide receiver for Clemson relative to what they had in the past with some of their five star, four and five star receiver talent. Tyler Brown is emerging as a playmaker in the passing game for Clemson. And this is a game where I'm not sure Wake Forest has an answer for him in the secondary. So yep. just going to keep an eye on that because I think he and Kate Klubnick are starting to gel a little bit offensively. Yep, absolutely. Clemson minus the 21 locked up for the both of us. I've got the under, you got the, un- I've got the over, you've got the under. Yep. You ready to move on to the night slate? But first, the night slate brought to you by our sponsors. Home field apparel and vivid seats. Let's start with home field apparel. Use the promo code GOACC at checkout, homefieldapparel.com, 15% off your first order. All the ACC teams are covered, except Stanford, as Scott likes to mention. <laughs> we have the uh, link in on Twitter. We have the link in the description of this video. Uh, we have the link in the podcast episode, wherever you're listening to your podcast for this preview. Use the link. Use the promo code GOACC. Get 15% off your first order from Homefield premium comfortable collegiate apparel use joey, the link even if it's not your first order from home field correct joey scott and i can all attest that it is the most comfortable of clothes super soft super soft excellent we're also brought to you by vivid seats going to a game this weekend going to a game the rest of the way don't have tickets yet vividseats.com use the promo code bc pod 20 20 off your first order of $200 or more. Same thing as the home field apparel ad I just read. Go to the bio or go to the description of the episode. Go on Twitter. Uh, go in this you know, YouTube video description. We're going to have a link for you for Vivid Seats. Use that link. That really helps us out. Use the promo code BCPOD20 at checkout for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. Like tickets are expensive. You know, you know about inflation. If people are going to a game, it's going to cost more than 200 bucks. So just might as well get 20 bucks back. Use that link, vividseats.com, bcpod20. Do it. That is the uh, most political I've, most political thing I've heard in quite some time. Because quite <laughs> frankly, I don't watch any of that stuff. So I'll tell you a joke afterwards. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Do not go to our do not go to our DMs. Do not go yeah. to our DMs. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, Mike, at 7:30 p.m. on ABC, the number 10 Notre Dame Fighting Irish on the road taking on the number 25 Louisville Cardinals. Notre Dame a six and a half point road favorite. Total is 54. Um, Mike, I think there, you know, the, the, the easy way to look at this game is through the, the lens of Notre Dame against. ACC programs, which there is a long and established track record of how that goes. Even after last week, you know, where we saw that very nearly come to an end, like you're, you know, a few feet here or there on a fourth and 16 away from that coming to an end. So there's that. Is that the way that you're, you're going to just be assessing this game is it's Notre Dame against another ACC team. It's inside of a touchdown. There's no questions. That's part of it, but continue. The other thing that I, the thing that I thought about, and, and I look at this number. So first of all, I mean, Notre Dame is off of back-to-back massive Saturday night games. 
This is going to be a third one in a row, uh, mm-hmm. second in a row on the road against a what will be a raucous home crowd. Something came to mind here. Uh, Mike, do you remember Jeff Brom at Purdue in 2018? So that was his second year at Purdue. Mm-hmm. There was a Saturday night in October that a top five Ohio State team came into town against an unranked Purdue team. I believe game day might have been there. And Purdue beat that ass. Uh, they got they got uh, Rondale Moore. It was the Rondale Moore game. Yeah. They, they threw it to him about 14 times. I think he had about 250 yards receiving and like three mm-hmm. touchdowns, something like that. Mm-hmm. Ross-Aid Stadium was just coming unglued the entire night. Um, and, and that's the thing that just kept coming to mind when I look at this game. And I'm, I'm really trying not to let the, like the Louisville-Homer thing infect me because I'm also looking at what Louisville has done so far, and I see that they're ranked, and it's ent- entirely because they're 5-0 and and has nothing to do with the quality of teams they've played. I, mm-hmm. I think it was them we said, you know, they've beaten five teams. Are any of them going to make a bowl game? You know, <laughs> right. so, so, so there's that. I'm, you know, I understand that Louisville is outmatched here. I just wonder if, if this is a Jeff Brom, big game coach, get the team ready, good game plan. You know, it, it's already sold out, crazy atmosphere – that's the that's the thing I'm wondering about is is does can Notre Dame do it again in a tough uh, hostile road environment? You're locking up Notre Dame, aren't you? I'm not locking. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> locking them up. I am not reckless. I'm. Well, that's not true. I'm extremely reckless. I'm not going to be reckless here. <laughs> so, point well taken. A uh, couple things. Notre Dame is getting tight end Jaden Thomas back. Uh, they're getting starting wide receiver Jaden Greathouse back. Both missed the uh, game last week with hamstring injuries against Duke. Notre Dame really missed them. Uh, Jaden Thomas is a guy that Sam Hartman has looked early and often to in the passing game across the middle of the field. Uh, Jaden Greathouse, he's a freshman wide receiver. He's emerged as a big-time playmaker on the outside for Notre Dame. Notre Dame is having trouble uh, hitting on big plays in the passing game. Uh, I think getting those two guys back will help immensely in that department. Notre Dame's not a really explosive team in the passing game. They are an explosive team in the running game. Uh, I think Josh Pate put out a tweet, and this is good podcasting here, uh, but I am going to look this up because Audric Estime has been pretty impressive in terms of, like, uh, big-time runs this year. And here we go. Audric Estime, Notre Dame running back, has 10 carries of 20 or more yards. That is more than Penn State, Oklahoma, Florida, and Ohio State combined. Wow. That's a stat. That's a number, yeah. That is a number. That's a stat. Uh, You mentioned the whole Jeff Brom big game thing at home uh, against Purdue, or with Purdue against Ohio State in 2018, top five Ohio State game to town. All those points are well taken. Big difference there is Purdue had Rondale Moore. I don't know who Louisville has at wide. Now, Louisville has a good wide receiving core, but I don't know who Louisville has on the outside or necessarily like in the running game that's going to like strike the fear of God into Notre Dame the way that uh, a guy like Rondale Moore did to Ohio State. Like Rondale Moore was a game breaker, like certified game breaker in the return game as a receiver. They got him the ball in space as a running back, right? A lot of jet sweep stuff. Like they got the ball into his hands in a number of ways. I'm just not sure Louisville has that guy. You know what I mean? 
uh, mm-hmm. just using that comparison. Now, not to I, mention, by the way, Notre Dame secondary, like legit, very good, and real good. Yeah, real good. I, I, I feel like that was around the time that Ohio State's defense was kind of decaying a little bit and could be had. And it's just it's just one example, but I think your point overall about it being a raucous atmosphere to go into. Especially when considering Notre Dame is now playing for it's their third big game in a row, second straight on the road. At some point, it's like, man, the Notre Dame schedule with who they're playing, you know, you get kind of fatigued a little bit. You just came off of two really emotional games in a row, one that you barely lost at home, an absolute heartbreaker, and one that you pull out by the skin of your teeth. By the way, Notre Dame put out this production video. I don't know if you saw this circulating, Joey, of the... Uh, coaches with the headsets uh oh the yeah yeah Unbe- for the final drive and such unbelievable yeah uh, super cool. like fi- yeah like a five minute video really really cool yeah you tweeted it out earlier today go go find it on mike's twitter yeah un- unreal uh but yeah that's all to say i'm taking Notre Dame minus six and a half i think they win this game by seven to ten points i think it's going to be competitive like the duke game was I think that Notre Dame has more ways to win this game than they did against Duke, though, right? You're not going to be playing with a hand tied behind your back, uh, so to speak, offensively. Uh, you're getting your star tight end back. You're getting a good, a very good wide, young wide receiver back that Sam Hartman has been throwing to early and often this year. Both those guys look like they're going to play. I don't think Louisville's defense is as good as the Duke defense that Notre Dame just faced last week. No, definitely uh, not. I think there, there's more paths for Notre Dame to score points in this game, even though Notre Dame does have an explosivity problem on offense. They do have trouble hitting on big plays, especially in the passing game. But this feels like a game where if you wanted to just hand it to Audric Estimate 25 times and see if he could do some damage, similar to how you tried to do against Duke where you thought you were going to crockpot him, I think you could actually be successful doing kind of the same thing here. And I'm just not sure that Hudson Card is going to, or um, I'm sorry, that's the old Louisville quarterback. I'm not sure if Jack Plummer is going to be able uh, to consistently beat this Notre Dame secondary for four quarters. So yeah. I just think there's more, again, we've talked about some games here tonight, the Syracuse-North Carolina game, you know, that we just spoke about. It just feels like there's more paths for Notre Dame here. And Carolina was at home, Notre Dame's on the road, fully acknowledge that. But I just think there's more paths for Notre Dame's offense here. I think the Irish defense against this Louisville offense will stand the test here. So give me Notre Dame by like 7 to 10 points. Uh, give me the Irish to win and cover. I think it's under 54. Again, Notre Dame, explosivity problem offensively. Louisville, if they're having trouble moving the football here, which is kind of what I insinuated, I think this is definitely an under game. So yeah. give me Notre Dame in the under. Yeah. I, I I'm I want to take Louisville plus a six and a half, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm just worried that there's like a, a fandom and a wishfulness that's clouding my judgment if I do that. So maybe it's emotional hedging if if nothing else, but Notre Dame has the better quarterback, Notre Dame has the better defense. I it's a raucous atmosphere and that whole thing, but that's that's what you come to Notre Dame to to play for, right? And um there does seem like there's something a little bit different about this Notre Dame team than previous ones. And, and I mean, they've been really good and at the top of college football the last three, four years. And it feels like they're, they're right there. And maybe Sam Hartman is the one real big difference maker here. Um, but yeah, I trust, I trust Sam Hartman. I trust that defense more than I trust Jack Plummer and Louisville's defense. So there was a hundred percent 
ability for weird college football magic to happen here and for for Louisville to win this game on the field. Uh, that is that is on the table, but I think from a handicapping standpoint, um, SP Plus likes Notre Dame by 6.8. <laughs> okay. So, and, yeah. and again, I think there's a little bit of maybe fool's gold in what we've seen from Louisville so far. So, yeah, give me the give me the Irish. I think they win this game by at least a touchdown. I'm kind of with you on the under. I'm leaning something maybe like 28-17, something mm-hmm. like that. I, I don't think this is a super high-scoring game, um, even with Louisville's defense. And I, I don't think Notre Dame – I don't think Notre Dame is going to be like pedal to the metal for a full 60 minutes if they don't have to be. Um, again, they're they're coming off multiple tough physical games. They've got USC next week. Like they don't they don't need to put it all on the line here if uh, if there's more you know there's more coming next week. So uh, give me Notre Dame minus the six and a half and under 54 for this game. Week what, stre- what a stretch for Notre Dame schedule wise, huh? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're having a hell of a hell of a middle of the season here. Yeah. Mike, last game of the evening, brought to you by Section103.com. It is the Internet's premier place for all things wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. Uh, They've got T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, something for the whole family, men, women, and children. Uh, It is, again, it is kind of weather starting to turn a little bit. It's fall is in the air. Go get get yourself a hoodie. they got a great coach hoodie on there that looks just like uh, Brent Key running up and down the sidelines. Um, That's that's a short sleeve one. I've got the long sleeve one. I was wearing it out on the porch earlier this weekend uh as we were out on the lake it was really really nice to wear so go check that out they've got all the official uh word marks uh the atl logo everything has got the official tech gold it's the proper colors super high quality looks great i love mine you will love yours go to section 103.com use promo code GOACC for 10 percent off your first order um they've got buttons they've got stickers they've got all sorts of, sorts of things for georgia tech fans in your life go find things there once again, section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Shout out to Steven and the gang. Really appreciate their partnership. And uh, I, I have a little birdie that tells me that uh, I appreciate their listenership, too. I think uh, I think Steven uh-huh. might be uh, checking in on the episodes every now and again or every week. Uh, hey, Steven. He's a listener. That's right. At 8 o'clock on the ACC Network, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on the road in South Beach or Coral Gables or wherever – Taking on the number 17 Miami Hurricanes, and Miami is a, a quaint 21-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Total is 57-and-a-half. May I do the honors? Go for it, Mike. Nope. What? For Georgia Pass? Tech. For Georgia Tech. Just, oh, okay. All right. I, I think I think the answer is no. I think. On on taking the points? On I think I think the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Go uh, on. Show your work. If this was like the Virginia Tech line, like 24, 25 range, then I'd be like doing the Virginia Tech song and dance I just did a few minutes ago where I'm like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, they could do this, they could do that. Yeah, they reason your way into it. I think Miami can get some separation here. And maybe this is a little bit of recency bias because of how bad Georgia Tech looked last week. And I do not anticipate Georgia Tech will look as bad against Miami as they did against Bowling Green. If Georgia Tech does look as bad against Miami as they did against Bowling Green, we're going to have a conversation on this podcast about where this season is going to be heading for the Jackets. We already kind of started that discussion uh, after Bowling Green because it was so shocking. But this is a game where you have to play better. I don't, that doesn't mean you have to win. It doesn't mean 
you necessarily even have to cover, but you can't just roll over like you did against Bowling Green. I mean, that game was 38 to 14 in the third quarter. Do not let that happen against Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami is a more talented team here. They're playing great football. Miami's coming off of a bye. Maybe they're not as sharp. I can talk my way into a Georgia Tech cover here because I do think Georgia Tech plays better here in the spot than they did last Saturday. I really do. I just worry about the Georgia Tech defense, Joey. You should. That's that's the that's the thing. I worry about the defense. And Miami's offense has been a bit of a wagon so far. Mm-hmm. And my concern lies with the Jackets being able to stop Miami for four quarters offensively. I, I just, with what we've seen out of the Hurricanes, that's tough. I think yeah. just give me Miami. I think they win by like <laughs> 24. There's backdoor cover potential. If Georgia Tech's competitive here, hats off. That's coaching. That's circling the wagon, so to speak, and making sure that, you know, the, the players are still on board. There would be very limited quit factor, which I'm not concerned about them quitting uh, on Brent Key or anything like that. But just coming off of last week, how they looked to bounce back and then be competitive here in a spot against a very good team on the road. I think would speak very highly of Brent Key and his staff. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. But I think more than anything, if Georgia Tech covers here, I think it's more of a backdoor situation than a we're competitive for four quarters situation. And that's entirely in play when you've got a a line outside of three touchdowns. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason why I picked Virginia Tech was a backdoor cover scenario, right? Mm -hmm. So. I'll take Miami minus the 21 and a half. Hate the hook. I always, I hate the hook if I'm laying them with a favorite and love the hook if I'm getting points as a dog. So, mm-hmm. yep. I think that's fair. I am, I, I'm trying to reason my way through this. And I think from a, um, it would be really easy to be emotional and look at the Bowling Green game and be like, oh, yeah. Th- this team sucks. That's embarrassing. No way they're gonna they're gonna cover this game. Like you know they're gonna get embarrassed. They're gonna get boat raced. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the more that I think about it, I mean that was the Bowling Green game since Brent Key took over as the interim last year. The Bowling Green game was the it was the outlier. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's a, I I can't say that there's another loss that they've taken that was embarrassing. Agree. Um, they they did lose a couple of games last year that you know didn't look great. Mm-hmm. The Virginia loss wasn't great. Um, the they, they lost to Miami by three touchdowns. That was a fourteen to seven game going to the fourth quarter. Yep. They lost to Georgia by three touchdowns. That game was tied, or I think Tech even had the lead through like 20, 25 minutes of that game. Like they haven't really been embarrassed. The only other one maybe being Florida State that they they got smoked in Tallahassee. Uh, last year but the point being like last week was the outlier performance from what we have seen from this team under Brent Key and so I I do think that there is I think from a a handicapping standpoint there is a buy low situation here there is Miami coming off a bye week uh, but also probably a little bit of a sell high on them I mean they've played four teams so far Miami of Ohio Texas A&M Bethune-Cookman and Temple 
adding Georgia Tech to that mix, where would you rank them? Probably second behind A and M. Probably second behind A and M. Um, yeah. I will say interesting data point here. Um, FPI actually says that Georgia Tech has a lower chance to win this weekend than William and Mary does. I don't know if you knew that, um, but just in any case, <laughs> I haven't I, pulled up. I haven't pulled up on my phone. You can literally see it on my screen. I have it right pulled there. up. It's right there. I I did not put that together. So thank you. <laughs> That's funny. Um, give me give me the points of Georgia Tech. Okay. That's it's it, after what I saw on Saturday. That's a tough pick to make, mm-hmm. and I I have plenty of ability to get egg on my face from this pick. Yeah. But I think that sometimes that's that's the right pick to make is the one that is you know the difficult kind of makes you nervous pick. Um, like you said, I, I like the backdoor potential here. I, I th- mm-hmm. I'd like to think that there's a refocusing. I, I, I I'm definitely uh, curious questioning like what does this defense look like in game one under a new full-time defensive coordinator like yep does it does a new defensive coordinator really fix the tackling issues and does that all of a sudden upgrade the play of the linebackers in the secondary like right yeah right i don't know but maybe (laughs) maybe i don't know there's Um, a path the one other thought i had earlier today as i was thinking about this is that you know if, if you look at georgia tech's defense the best thing has been the defensive line so far. And the problem with that is that Miami's offensive line is good enough to where that's kind of negated a little bit. Yeah, you, that's true. You, you saw the defensive line do really well against Wake Forest. I don't think you're going to see him do as well against Miami here. So, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's definite cover potential, especially if Haynes King has a normal Haynes King game based on what we've seen in 2023. I mean, mm-hmm. he went out last week against Bowling Green, and he looked like Texas A&M Haynes King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't have that this week, right? So, yeah, it's. Yeah. I think all the points he made, the whole buy low, sell high thing is kind of what I was thinking about when I was considering taking the jackets to cover. But what I just kind of fell back to is where, where are the stops? So that's, yeah. that's why I'm rolling with Miami. But again... I don't think if they cover, I don't think it's going to be by much. So I don't think you're going to have a ton of egg on your face. I would be pretty surprised. I think Miami's a lot better, but I would be pretty surprised if this was like 45-10 or something. Yeah. And Georgia total Tech just total, just total, if Georgia Tech just totally no-showed after last week, that would really surprise me. And I do think Georgia Tech has enough talent to not lose like that. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, do they have the talent of Miami? No. Do they have enough talent to not lose like that against Miami? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how this game plays out here. I do think Georgia Tech will play a lot better, though. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree with that. So give me Georgia Tech plus the 21 and a half. And I'll, I'll say over 57 and a half. Just keep riding overs in Georgia Tech games. They, they move the ball pretty decently, and that defense doesn't do a whole lot. So yeah. Yeah. Just lots of points. The, the new Carolina, as Mac Brown would say. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just. I'm okay with that development arc if we can get there in three, four years. I mean, they've had some questionable results and some high flying wins. That's that's a fun team. Mike, that team makes bowl games. That, that's all that, I need that right team now. Team makes that that team makes bowl games. That's exactly right. I'll tell you on the over. I'll just ride that wave with you. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Mike, that's all I've got on games this weekend. Do you want to recap some locks real quick? Let's recap. 
Uh, you have NC State minus a six and a half gross. against so yeah, gross. against Marshall. Good luck with that. We both have Clemson minus the 21 against Wake Forest. We said last week for the sake of our wagers that a lock is worth one unit. So we got two units on Clemson minus the 21. Awesome. And another unit on NC State minus the six and a half. Is there anything else that you're seeing, Mike, that we should maybe uh, consider putting a little wager on for the weekend? So this goes counter. This goes counter to what I picked earlier. But I think there could be some value in the over in North Carolina Syracuse. Interesting. Okay. Um. I had to really talk myself into the under there because of how I picked the spread there, which I'm Mm -hmm. much more interested in. I don't think I'm with my own money. I'm not sure I'm betting the Syracuse North Carolina game. I just don't like the line. If that line shifts at all, you know, maybe I'll feel differently. Uh, But from a show pick standpoint, I like the line better than the total, but I had to reason my way into the under because I picked Syracuse. Mm-hmm. There could be some value on the over there, just given Syracuse's offense and how we think it could look, given what we know North Carolina's offense could look like. That could get kind of higher scoring. Um, <laughs> laying them with Florida State. <laughs> also something that could have some appeal. Uh, yeah, I don't we, know. We uh, just preliminarily take the points with William and Mary, whatever that, whatever that number is. I think that if we're going to do a, if we're going to do a show bet, I think that's the one. If it's ends up being around 30, which is what Scott thinks he saw. I am down. I, I want to clarify. That. I found out where I found that line. It was, uh, it was from the last time they played. The line was 30. Oh, okay. Looking at the FPI number. I, I almost feel like that might be inside of 14. In which case, I am less interested in it at you know, thirteen or twelve or something like that. Like, yeah, I kind of want to say just like inherently, I need this thing at fourteen or more, and I'll take William and Mary. Yeah. All right. So, do we want anything else in the sheet here? So, for those watching on YouTube, thanks for watching on YouTube. You can see the mm-hmm. pick sheet out here. We got the locks. You guys want to identify anything else? I can type it in. How about the over, Joey? Georgia Tech, Miami. Yeah. Why not? Okay. All righty. All right. Two units on Clemson minus 21, one on NC State minus six and a half, and one on Georgia Tech Miami over 57 and a half. Sound good, Mike? Beautiful. Is there one more game that we need to talk about? About a team that I really don't want to talk about? Oh, I mean, uh, apparently per sources on the campus of Georgia Tech. This is one of the best teams in the MAC. I ain't source on that. No excuses here. They ain't any good. <laughs> At 3.30 on ESPN+, Plus, the Bowling Green Falcons on the road, taking on the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks. Uh, we already saw them earlier this year. Didn't go so great against Miami. Uh, what's our spread here? Miami of Ohio is a 10-point home favorite over-unders, 46.5. Give me the Red Hawks. We're Give fading the Red Bowling Hawks Green. Too. Give me the Red Hawks for Faden Bowling Green. Gigantic mm-hmm. letdown spot, and Miami, Ohio has been a little bit of a wagon. Outside of the Hurricanes game, they've been yep. a little bit of a wagon. So That's right. That's right. 
All right. I'm good, Mike. Anything else? Want to lock up the Red Hawks? I'm just kidding. Just totally <laughs> joking. What was that about threatening me with a good time that you said earlier? Hey, Scott, this doesn't have to go on the sheet or anything, but give me the Red Hawks minus 10. Lock it up. <laughs> you better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Disgusting. I, you know what? I actually like that line a lot. I so. want to see the bet slip. You show me the bet slip on Saturday morning. <laughs> Put your money where I, your mouth is. You know what? Don't tell me with a good time. That might make it into the teaser this weekend. Yeah. Oh, that that one that one's cheesable. I think. Mm-hmm. You get that down to Miami, Ohio minus three. Oh baby, give me the juice <laughs> on that. Absolutely. All right, Mike, let's get out of here. Let's go watch some games, come back and recap them. I think we said uh, no Saturday night fever this week. Are you at a wedding? Is that I'm, at a wedding. I'm at a wedding, but I'll be home Saturday. So we can do Saturday night. Okay. Well, Chuck, Scott, Scott, will not, Scott will not be around. But No support I... from poor producer Scott, but you guys should be able to do it. Go ahead. Jeez. Yeah, We're going to have no adult supervision here, Mike. we gotta, we got to run this thing ourselves. We have to have somebody keep us on track. Um you guys don't see this, but we have a private chat, obviously, here. Uh, and Scott, make sure we're on schedule, so to speak, loosely. Mm-hmm. So, no supervision. Dad's, uh, the soon-to-be dad is going out drinking on Saturday, so we're going to have to navigate this ourselves while we're also drinking. That's right. That's right. So, if you want to try to keep us in line, come join in the comments on YouTube and uh, try to try to steer the ship as we as we go on Saturday night. So, Come back for Saturday Night Fever. We'll do a live recap as the games are wrapping up, usually right around midnight Eastern uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, on uh, – I don't think we're on LinkedIn these days, but, you know, it's aesthetically possible with our platform. But, and, yeah, and YouTube Joey, and Facebook. Joey, if we want to go a little bit earlier, so I will be traveling Saturday afternoon home, but I am not working Sports Illustrated on Saturday. I am off. So if we want to go a little bit earlier Saturday night for Saturday Night Fever – we could do that if we wanted to hop on maybe towards the end of that Notre Dame Louisville game. If that's getting spicy in the fourth quarter, maybe we want to hop on then and talk about that mm-hmm. live. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, on on the table potentially if if we want to entertain that. So just want to throw that out there for you. Let's do it. Hey, if y'all want to know when we're going live, go to youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast, hit subscribe, hit the bell, and we will there'll be a notification that goes out earlier in the day saying when we are going live on Saturday night. So come join us in the comments, talk about the day that was and uh, and join in the the conversation. We would really appreciate that. Yep, absolutely. Also, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FGRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI together at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, if you're just listening to this on audio, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, anywhere you find audio podcasts, you can go find us there. You can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns, the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, Mike, where else are we in the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketballconference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Instagram at BC Podcast ACC. YouTube, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Like Joey said, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. What'd I miss? I think that's it. Shout out to our sponsors, Homefield, Section 103. And Vivid Seats. That's right. Go support all of them. Use the links down below. Uh, use the promo codes. We would really appreciate you showing them your support as you uh, as it applies to you and your fandom. So thank you. Yep. Mike, you want to come back and uh, recap some games on Saturday night? I will see you Saturday night, buddy. I will see you then. All right. 
Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel and for Mr. Producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you again Saturday night. Until then, go ACC.